you know, if you were to start a small business and you just woke up and you say, I'm going to call my small business Nike and we're going to sell sports gear, right? Um, I wouldn't recommend you to do that again, because you're small business. And I think small business actually benefits from being a little bit more literal, right? Because it's less for someone to figure out what Nike means. That's not a word, you know? Uh, and that doesn't mean that you have to be super literal and say sports gear, sports gear. But if you said Nike, just do it. I, again, don't know what you're talking about. But if you say Nike uh, sports attires or whatever it is, you know, now you're getting clarity on what this is, right? So somebody just from looking at the identity is able to decide they, whether they need this or not. Okay, I'm not looking for sports gear so I can go away. You know, it's beneficial for small business for your non-ideal market to go away because the last thing you want to spend your time with is deal with a bunch of unqualified customers that are or prospects that are walking into your door and you, you know, you just wasted an hour talking to them and realize they can't even afford your services or they're looking for something else, right? Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the None of Your Business podcast. Just like each and every week, Sean and Lacey here with you talking about all things entrepreneurship, especially for service providers. You have a service that you believe can change the world, but you might not embrace necessarily all of the concepts of being an entrepreneur, marketing, sales, money, your mindset around all those things. And we are very fortunate each and every week to have a super special guests join us to share with us their insights, their expertise. And this week we have an expert on branding and we'll talk branding. But what I'm really interested in this idea of being a visual problem solver, like that's pretty cool. Um, we have with us Orshi Herbine and she is an expert in branding, a brand strategist and a visual problem solver. So let's bring Orshi up here with us. Orshi, thank you so much for being a part today of the None of Your Business podcast. It's my pleasure. It's great meeting you guys. So we always begin with this same question for all of our guests because, look, I think that in a lot of people, they might turn the podcast off right after this answer. They might just be like, all right, that's good. Because a lot of times, like we interview people who have found success, like yourself, but that have a story, a backstory of how they got there. I know even for us, a lot of people emulate us. They emulate the coaching aspect because that's the part that people can see. And so people wake up one day and next thing you know, they're a coach, right? They're just like, hey, and I know that Tristan Schaub, who works with us, always says, yeah, but they missed all of the parts, right, that you guys did to get there. Right? Well, I and, love that you always say emulate not the destination, but the trajectory. Yeah, and everybody right? wants to just wake up one day and they're going to listen to this podcast and they're going to say, I'm a visual problem solver. That's yeah, what they're going to do. Me. But here's the question, Orshi. How did you get here? Like, what is the what is the trajectory? Because I, I noticed I, even at an early age, you were you, you were into design and to some degree you were drawing. How does this all just sort of play out to where you end up as a branding expert? <laughs> That's a long story. I'm going to try to recap it for you real, real short. But I've always uh, had a niche for art, just drawing. I mean, I remember being very little and uh, drawing princesses at, you know, the kitchen table while my mom was cooking. 
and um, right about um, high schoolish, maybe I, I, I realized that I, I, I love art very, very much, but I am not a Picasso. I'm not going to make money <laughs> uh, doing just art. I like drawing. I enjoy creativity and, and I enjoy solving problems. Um, and uh, I was really looking to get into a field that would help me um, uh, stay creative. And uh, believe it or not, at first I was thinking architecture into your design for, for uh, what I do. Um, and when I took a couple of architecture courses, I realized that the ruler and or she are not friends. And, uh, and, and you know, it needed to be a little bit more uh, liberal. And I got into graphic design and I, uh, I got a graphic design degree um, at New England School of Art and Design at Suffolk University in Boston. And uh, the rest is history. I really started um, uh, right out of school uh, working for an agency uh, as a junior art director. And then uh, after that, I uh, was an in-house designer and I started uh, freelancing. And as I was gaining experience, I uh, this whole visual problem solving started started to evolve because what's the, the true difference is between fine art and graphic design is that you you have to be functional, right? So you're constantly solving a problem and you're trying to uh, figure out ways to say a lot with very little. You know, they say a picture say uh, says a thousand words, but so does design. Every element on the page has an opportunity to communicate. So, uh, you know, my job is to take these big ideas, big concepts, and then narrow them down, boil them down into, into something that's beautiful, but it also serves a function. And, you know, fine art, you could fiddle with forever. I mean, you could take two, three years to complete a painting. And, you know, frankly, if that was me, I would be struggling because nothing would ever be done. But, you know, I actually enjoy the boxes that graphic design and this profession and branding puts around the creative, you know, like there's there's a, it's got to be liked by the customer. It's got to communicate. It's got to fulfill a function. It has to be beautiful. It cannot say uh, too many things. It cannot have too many words on it. So how do we take design and really make it functional? I enjoy that tremendously. And really, that's kind of how it evolved from me being a graphic designer to, to becoming a branding expert, because you constantly have to minimalize, right? Just take away, take away, take away because I need to say a lot with as little as possible so the market can retain, retain it. I think that this is a great message that you're talking about, because I think so many people, when they think brand, all they think about is the component of logo. Like, what does the logo look like? And it's only the visual part. What you're talking about is there's so much more to that. It has to be an actual you know, what, what is the message that's being translated through that image that they're perceiving? What are we trying to say with the thing that we've created, right? And I think that that's so important because it's more than just this, it looks nice. Oh, I like the colors, right? I like the font. There's actually messaging behind that. So tell us a little bit about how you would define a brand and branding. That, that is a, a question that I love. Um, and, and you hit the nail right on the head because you said the word perceive. And, and to me, branding is a perception. OK, so branding isn't your logo. It isn't your website. It isn't your messaging. It isn't your colors. 
it's a combination of all that all those things but essentially what we're trying to do when we brand a company is design the perception that an outsider will have right mm -hmm. so if you want to be appearing to somebody as a professional organization then we're going to have a professional image right we can't just have a not professional image and be perceived as a professional organization you know that's just a, a very basic example but branding happens in the mind of the uh the the audience right so it's kind of like beauty is in the eye of the beholder right. brand is in in the eye of your market because as soon as you present something to them uh, and that's what we call marketing you push your brand out there in various forms like a postcard an ad social media whatever have you your website uh, you're presenting the brand to the market and when they look at that as outsiders they they start formulating thoughts and feelings about what they see and they're going to determine very quickly whether this is of value to them or not. So when we are, you know, part of my problem solving process is to really align the value of uh, companies and businesses brands with what their ideal market desires and needs. Right. So really this this connection between uh, value to market and has to happen really, really quickly. So. It starts with really understanding who is your ideal customer and how how do we say what matters to them? Because you know what they won't give you is time. Mm. They, they're going to look at it. And if they can't make the connection very quickly, they're going to go away and then you lost them. And they could be a perfect prospect for you. They just didn't you just didn't have what they value right away because what they don't have also is time. You know, so whenever we shop. You, you know, the the sooner you can connect with that audience, the sooner they're going to make, oh, wait a minute, I need that. Let me read on. That's all you need to to be able to tell more. But how do we get there very, very quickly? You know, I talk about that a lot. I get a lot of heat on social media for that, talking about solving for time. Now, that's especially true in the high net worth category. People that are that that their time is more important than money right so if you were tight on cash of course you would look for a discount mm -hmm. and if i had to read pages of sales copy in order to get 50 percent discount maybe i would do that but people that are um, looking for a solution and are willing to pay for that solution what they don't have is time to be messing around reading all kinds of copy go, jumping through all of your fancy hoops so i mean a hundred percent um, and we'll clip that. That's going to go up on social media. Can't wait for all my friends <laughs> to say how dumb that is. But hey, yeah. that wasn't me. That was that was Orshi. She's Love the that. one that said it. Yeah. Hey, um, I want to I want to put this in here. I know it doesn't necessarily fit the flow of our of our interview questions of where we're going, but I have to ask this so, because I think it impacts the rest of the interview. Is what is exactly a visual problem solver? Because I'm I'm intrigued by this. Like. Yeah. Like I'm like, man, I need a visual problem see? solver. Yeah. yeah. What is what a visual problem for? solver and what do you what do you fix? What are problems you see? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, it is really it's really a communication problem, right? So so you know, when uh, for example, let's just talk about creating an identity for a company. And you know, there's a difference between small business and entrepreneurs and and you know, startups than giant organizations like Nike and Coca-Cola. And, and, and I'll tell you what the difference, and that's 
a tremendous amount of budget that we don't have in order to saturate the market and put ourselves out there so that even from the tap, Coca-Cola is running because you know Coca-Cola, right? So they have they have two things that they do. They are impeccably consistent with their brand uh, at all times. You know, whenever they're using the brand, they have that consistency. So you're not going to see a green Coca-Cola bottle. Um, you know, it's just because their colors, their fonts, their, their feeling that they project is always the same. Um, but they also have a, an incredible amount, large amount of money that they can actually put themselves out frequently, right? So that frequency allows retention. Small businesses don't have uh, necessarily that, that frequency um, in terms of budget, but you can have the consistency. So it's very important for you know, uh, your logo colors to resonate and, and, and blend in with your website, the, the truck that you're driving, the, uh, the business cards that you're handing out, everything has to be impeccably consistent. But you're asking me about problem solving, so let's just talk about logos. And the reason I say that with this example is because, let's just say, say the word Nike. You know, if you were to start a small business and you just woke up and you say, I'm going to call my small business Nike and we're going to sell sports gear, right? Um, I wouldn't recommend you to do that, again, because you're a small business. And I think small business actually benefits from being a little bit more literal, right? Because it's less for someone to figure out what Nike means. That's not a word, you know? Uh, and that doesn't mean that you have to be super literal and say sports gear, sports gear. But if you said Nike, just do it. I, again, don't know what you're talking about. But if you say Nike uh, sports attires or whatever it is, you know, now you're getting clarity on what this is. Right. So somebody just from looking at the identity is able to decide they, whether they need this or not. OK, I'm not looking for sports gear so I can go away. You know, it's beneficial for small business for your non-ideal market to go away because the last thing you want to spend your time with is deal with a bunch of unqualified customers that are or prospects that are walking into your door and you, you know, you just wasted an hour talking to them and realize they can't even afford your services or they're looking for something else, right? So talking about identity, you know, if you're, if you have a, um, a, a small business, look at your name, um, your name should be short and memorable, okay? So we, we often see uh, companies like, for example, I'm ju just dealing with a company called Architectural Materials Incorporated. That means nothing to nobody. And you know what? They actually are a commercial door company. So you wouldn't know that. But just rebranding them right now to AMI, which is originated from the original name, AMI Complete Door Solutions. Now in that very little you said a lot, right? You you said a lot because if I'm not in the business for commercial doors, I can go away. But, you know, I might be writing, uh, you know, we, we didn't complete the rebrand yet. I might be writing by Architectural Materials Inc. and wonder, you know, if I should stop by because I'm remodeling my house and I want to look at architectural materials. You know what I mean? Like it's, and, and, you know, they may be getting a whole bunch of unqualified leads based on that name alone. Right. So. So, you know, how can we say a lot with very little just with the identity? Fixing that identity is going to help them bring in that ideal customer, which is a general contractor at a commercial, you know, uh, um, giant construction company who needs a 100 doors. 
right? That's their ideal customer. So now AMI complete door solutions tagline engineered efficiency. You know, all let of a get, sudden. Let me get your take on this real quick because yeah. um, that's an interesting take. So on the visual and then on the brand, mm -hmm. most of our uh, viewers, most of our listeners are going to be in a service um, mm -hmm. business. Right. So that means like oftentimes it's them that you know they are the dentist, they are the accountant, they are the designer. What do you think about naming it Orshi's Design? Is that helpful? Any thoughts on uh, throwing my own name into the brand? It can be helpful. And, and you see plenty of examples out there that are, you know, personal brands that are Oprah, right? You know, and you, you just you just see that happening. Here's the question I would I would ask myself if I, I were to do that. Um how far do you want to go? Do you want to write books? You want to be an author? Do you want to be an expert? You know, and it, yes, you can do it. I mean, you know, Dave Rams is a perfect example. He's not doing everything under Ramsey Company, but that's that's his name. Is it possible? Of course. Uh, is it going to take a while? Yes, because you have to have to establish your authority. Also, maybe early on you might know that I'm actually not trying to just be a consultant, and and you know, I actually want to grow this business into something. Like a like a company, like a small business down the road, having your name in in the brand actually could be a drawback because you might create unconsciously an owner dependency. You know, uh, I mean, even even now with me and my business partner, uh, his name is Matt, and I'm Orshi. When we started Brand Three, a lot of people were asking for Orshi, asking for Matt. We want the experts inside the company. My job right now, because I want to grow brand three and not my personal name, is to transfer the values I bring into the brand, right? So it's a question that someone should ask, like, okay, is this about me and my expertise? Or, or do I have a, a future goal of, uh, you know, uh, growing a large organization without necessarily wanting to become an author and all that stuff? And I want you know, my employees to to be able to carry the value um, that I have to to my customers, you know, then maybe a name uh, that's not related to your personal name is actually the, a better choice. I, I love that concept. And, and we often ask people, like, what is the end goal with your business? Mm -hmm. Like, what's the end game? Because maybe you don't want to even scale it to this massively large company or have multiple um, facilities. But maybe the goal is to eventually build it and then sell it. And oftentimes it's really difficult to sell a company that's centered around your personal brand that doesn't translate very well. So I think that that's a really important point that you're making. You should always be thinking, what does my business look like five, 10 years from now? Because that's going to impact how I create my brand and the message that I'm translating, right? Mm. I think so often people think about what's the message I'm getting across today when we have to look at the longevity of the company because like you said, if you can't beat them with frequency, you have to beat them with consistency. And I really like that concept. I think that's super important. Well, I always wonder, like, I mean, hey, we some of these people we know, like, but I always wonder, like, what's going to happen yeah. with Jay Abraham? Right. 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 And Tony Robbins. So just a big like so when like, Tony Robbins Tony isn't Robbins there, who's gonna yeah. Yeah, <laughs> what happens there, right? And so you have hard. to be really careful. Right. 
in doing that. Oprah Winfrey, great example, because right. probably, you know, if day-to-day Oprah's not there, it continues on. But, I mean, what's date with Destiny or UPW without Tony? Like, but some why, other guy there? That's why the personal brand, she's she's expanded out, right? right. She has her TV network. Right. So somebody could take that over because it's not all about her. Absolutely. But they could never take over her show. Right. Absolutely. So important. I want to go back to the idea of consistency, though, and because I, I think this is really important for our listeners. Um, when you talk about consistency in a brand, again, we were talking about the logos and the visual, the logo and the visual component and the colors. Where else does somebody that's listening need to think about maintaining and having that consistency? Where are some other places? You mean besides the logo and the colors? Yeah, besides the logo and the colors, like where else should that show up and translate so people are seeing that and there's consistency throughout the entire brand? Right. So what we what we tell our customers in general that, you know, uh, branding leads pretty much everything inside your business, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, branding will affect, you know, marketing. It will affect sales. It will affect recruiting, your culture, your hiring, all that, right? So, so. that that brand consistency is not just um, uh, important for for the outside, but also for the inside. So for example, if you are a business with 10 employees and I ask each of your employees the same question, I should get the same answer, right? So so really there there is uh, uh, a necessary uh, thing about for branding to, to saturate outwards and internally. So that consistency is coming through. And, uh, and you know, it's important that your materials are consistent and, and they are saying the same thing and you are the same, saying the same thing. Your emails, your, your social media, you're kind of writing on what you're all about. What we, what we actually try to do uh, to, to help our uh, customers understand this is we create something called a brand promise. And, you know, it's something that's in, in really the most valued thing that a prospect, uh, an ideal prospect of yours uh, could have. And, and, and you know, um, that brand promise just needs to, to be front and center in, in, inside you building the culture, your employees representing your company, your materials, your website. Uh, and also the experience that you deliver, right? That that brand experience when you when your customer now walked in the door and became a customer, you know, you are fulfilling that promise. And you know, every opportunity is a touch point for you to wow that customer and essentially lower your marketing bus- budget because of that consistency. You know, if you said, "Hey, I'm going to promise you this," and you uh, deliver this, plus, you know, wow the customer every chance they get they're going to recommend you so you know essentially you are going to um have an uh, a, an advocate base of, from your customers and and you're able to to utilize that consistent experience and those touch points to market less because those those guys will do the marketing for you by mm-hmm. saying oh you know what or she's great go to her you know mm-hmm. <laughs> we um I uh, the brand promise is great. I remember when we were rebranding our franchise, the specific chiropractic centers. Sean and I are actually <laughs> chiropractors by profession. I was doing a lot of research on a lot of big brands, and I did come across this idea 
of that brand promise, like woven into so many companies. And I realized that that was kind of the epicenter of the culture that they were trying to create, the message that they were trying to get across. So that's something we worked really hard on. Our brand promise in our, the specific chiropractic centers is bringing the health and care back to healthcare. And so everything we do, like you said, from the moment somebody walks in our doors is about making them feel that because then they go and tell that story. So um, do you have any good examples that you love of brand promises that could get people thinking about their own brand? Okay, so let's go back to AMI, you know, yeah. Architectural Materials Inc. We just kind of finished the, the strategic alignment of the brand. Now we're getting into, uh, you know, putting visuals on, on there. But, you know, as I told you, they went from Architectural Materials Inc. to AMI, Complete Door Solutions. And the tagline we are fiddling with right now is engineered efficiency. The reason um, we are bringing in engineering, because when we dug into that ideal customer, when you say the word engineering, it's actually, it, it elevates a perception, right? You know, it, it just creates a more professional feeling than something like a vendor or contractor or or project manager, you know, like the, the and, and you know, what I learned doing the, the, the work with AMI is it takes a lot to engineer and design an opening that functions properly. And then when you have hundreds of it on a large construction project, it is it is really, uh, you know, something that you, you want to, to do well and put through a trusted process, right? So engineer efficiency is the tagline, but the, um, I apologize. I don't know if you guys can hear my cats, but they're hitting each other. <laughs> but, we did. Uh, I, saw her I saw her show up, a little cameo every once in a while in the <laughs> picture. She's, Just fine. She's, you know, we've got a, a little fine. Yorkie that shows up all the time. He likes to be Yeah, I saw, I saw him earlier. Yeah. Um, so the brand promise we came up for AMI was we engineer the risk out of door solutions mm. so that you can, to help you stay on time and on budget. Right. So imagine this general contractor, you know, doors are just a little bit of his problems. Right. They have so many things to deal with, so many vendors to contract. Doors is just a tiny, tiny bit of their problem. But we engineer the risks out of door openings or door solutions so that you can. Uh, to, so we help you stay your project, stay on time and on budget. And a general contractor, that's all they care about. They want this project to go smoothly. They have a million things to do, deal with. And, you know, if they can get a reliable partner with the with the just the door parts of it that allows them to at least worry about worry less about that right so you know that's our promise and you know AMI is now able to take that and build it into their culture you know what um Joe you want to work for AMI great well guess what we are all about engineering the risk out of door solutions uh, so we help our customers stay on time and on budget their their project to stay on time and on budget is this you know this is this this is the buy-in this is, as an employee at AMI, this is what you have to deliver. Whether you are a front desk person or an accountant or whatever, this is what we're all about. And, and you know, uh, again, just just imagine that perception of engineering in there, right? So, you know, it, now all of a sudden we are not just the door guys. You know, we we really take doors seriously. You know, like there's, there's that kind of a feeling just from the word engineering. So, again... How can I say a lot with a very, very little? You know, that's a simple phrase. It's retainable. Your employees can retain it. Your market can retain it. Your customers can retain it. 
And a general contractor who's the ideal customer reads that and say, I want that. I it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want. Yep. You know? I love this. I love that you brought up earlier too this idea of um, what do you want from your company and then that somewhat driving the brand or she um, also talking about making sure that we're clear not only on what we want but who we serve, right? right? Mm -hmm. um, or she, any uh, thoughts on how having First of all, there's a lot of people that don't even have a brand. I mean, right. they, I guess they do by default because the brand is whatever they're but putting they out there. Logo, but they have a logo, maybe. It's and going it all there. over the board. Yeah, and it's there. just, talk to me about the value that having a brand can bring to my business. If my plan was at some point to exit or turn this over so I wasn't handcuffed to my business, um, what kind of value can, can a strong, solid brand bring to my company? Oh, thank you so much for that question. And I, you know, I would love to give you a great answer, but here's what I'm telling you as a branding professional. I so wish that brand equity would show up on your PL report. Right. Hmm. I really wish that that right. that could happen. You know, essentially, you know, um, uh, and that's a customer, that's 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 kind of a gap that I have in selling to my customers because I'm selling branding, and you know, a lot of times branding is just misunderstood to begin with, you know, they don't, they don't think that they need it. In fact, when I finally drank my own Kool-Aid and ran from brand three, brands that deliver, to brand three, the right way to market, that alone made a huge difference because you know what my customers value and need? Marketing, okay? But the right way to market is to really create a brand that will allow you to engage that audience, right? So I'm still doing branding, but now I opened the marketing door for them. Oh, you want marketing? Well, come on in. Let me see. Oh my God, they need branding like crazy. But I'm not saying the B word because it's a it's a it's a return. It's you know they're like, oh, I don't need that. That's for the Nikes and the Coca Colas or you know all that. But uh, but that's 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 really um uh you know what it is and and. Over time, we have seen that we, you know, we have customers who come in, they want marketing, we, we fix the brand, and we go out with the same marketing tactics that they had before. And now they're getting traction, now they're engaging the customers. They haven't even increased their market marketing budget, but the brand is doing its job, bringing in the right customers, and, and you know, they, they are seeing and experiencing growth. So, you know, we had... A, a pool company who was called Woodfield Landscaping. Okay, they had a leaf, and it said Woodfield Landscaping. But they build these amazingly gorgeous outdoor living spaces. You oh. know, outdoor kitchens, gorgeous pools, concrete pools, like you know, mm. uh, just incredible. Like you know, fireplaces, gazebos, like whatever have you. Outdoor kitchens, right? They came in the door wanting to put in. Um, a full color ad in Baltimore magazine. And my business partner, Matt, said, I'm not doing it because you're going to waste your money. Your brand right now does not, you know, project what you have inside. And, no. you know, the owner was like, I need to go after these elite customers. You know, I need to go after the the, the, the nice big houses in that neighborhood, you know, to, to build their um, backyard paradise, right? And... Uh, and we needed to fix that per perception, you know, from a 
leaf landscape company to and you think landscaping you think trees and right. bushes and, and so rocks we, yeah. we renamed them from woodfield landscaping to woodfield outdoor living oh. and yeah. uh, or woodfield outdoors sorry woodfield outdoors and the, the tagline was exceptional outdoor living okay so mm -hmm. right away you know and the, the leaf we kept the leaf but we changed blue gray and green so it represents pool masonry and 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 landscaping all at once and then we we couple that with you know a, a high level photo shoot capture these beautiful pools and now you're starting to see like now if i'm an elite customer we have to explain the owner like listen these customers have the the rolls royce the uh the porsche the prada the gucci those are the these are the these are the brands your customers interact with you can't come around as woodfield landscaping with this like you know relief and 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 expect that they're gonna hire you for a hundred thousand dollar backyard makeover right. you know yeah. so we needed to fix that perception so that's a that's just a, an example and and the value is that they ran from a two million dollar company to a 10 million dollar com company in three years wow. with literally no increase to their marketing budget mm -hmm. they're still spending the same amount of money they spent before but now there's traction and they mm -hmm. deliver an experience and now the customers like leaving reviews and blah 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 so it's it's what it is it's brand marketing customer experience all at once you know really delivering a promise making a promise delivering a promise and and you know engaging that the customer you need and not the the one around the corner who you know wants a pool but they the most they could afford maybe is like a above ground something you know what i mean so, right. so that's not your ideal customer you don't want those guys to walk in the door so you know just fixing the brand allowed that to to be fixed immediately yeah. Or she, how does somebody get in touch with you if they want information about the services that you provide working with brand three? What's the best way for someone to contact you? Uh, Brand3.net uh, is our website and our the schedule a call button actually goes straight to my calendar. So anybody can uh, contact me there. And then you can also find me on LinkedIn and you can get in touch there. Brand3.net, brand, and then the number three. Don't write it out. Brand3.net. That's how you can contact Orshi. Link to uh, her calendar. Book a call. Talk to her. Find out if you're a good fit. Find out the great things that they are doing for other businesses and if they can service your business as well. That was fantastic. Anything else to add? Oh, I love it. Orshi, thank you so much for joining us this week on the None of Your Business podcast. You've been an absolute gem, and I hope that people realize the importance of branding. You know, what is the point of going out there and marketing and spending all of these marketing dollars if the brand, one, isn't developed, isn't consistent, or doesn't communicate the message that you're attempting to communicate? You gotta get your brand straight, then we can go out and market that to the world. And then don't forget, she mentioned, and then you have the servicing side, right? Because we speak to service providers. Then the service has to be consistent with the, the branding brand. and the marketing that you put out there. You can't market like your Rolls Royce and then you come in and it's all plastic chairs and right. it doesn't look right. <laughs> Man, Orshi, thank you so much for being a part of the program today. We learned a lot. I hope that all of our viewers and listeners will not only learn, but we always say this each and every week, you have to apply. You have take to action. take action. Otherwise, this was just cool information. 
Think about what you need to be making. You need to be changing with your brand to be more consistent. Think about what you need to be changing to be more frequent as well. Once you have the brand figured out, that's going to help you go a long ways. All right, folks, that's all we have this week for the None of Your Business podcast. But don't don't fret. We're going to be <laughs> back next week with a brand new edition of the None of Your Business podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in.